you know, just having the courage to to put yourself out there and try different things, meet new people, uh, build new build build relationships. Um, you know, talking presentations, you know, talking meetings, have conversations like this. So courage and resilience, two powerful words when you put them together. Simple but powerful. And if you can adhere to that, and there are a lot of words to adhere to, but that's a great start. Courage and resilience for sure. But thanks again, bro, for allowing me to. Yeah. Uh, I lay on the scale, you gotta glow, you gotta glow, you gotta glow. She had my attention, she gotta know, gotta know. Like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get That Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I have my friend Drew to speak about adjusting to adulthood and post good college life. You can listen to this podcast on all major platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, by clicking the link in the description below or going to allmylinks.com forward slash let's get a pod. Please rate it five stars. I'd like to give a content warning for any strong language used in this episode and hope we have a nice day and enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming. What's up, man? How you feeling? I'm good. Last one is for season three, then season three starts next week. Oh, I'm the last one of season three? Yeah. Damn, I got to Hold up. Let me <laughs> start all over again. <laughs> um, no, I'm honored, man. Thank you for the opportunity, for sure, to just link up and chop it up. We haven't seen each other a couple of months in a while, a little bit, been a bit. Yeah, this is the, the new normal, man. Like, I can't even dap you up. I got <laughs> I got to virtually dap you up. <laughs> so, to get started, the first question I would like to ask is, what would your origin story be? And how would you represent it? For sure. Um, it's kind of hard to, 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 um, to, to pinpoint what age exactly, um, my story began. Um, so I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll change the question a little bit if that's okay. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we could change the rules a little bit last episode, season three. <laughs> Um, and I'll talk a little bit maybe about like when I realized, you know, like what I, who I was or like what I was searching for, um, in this life. Uh, I would say probably about like sophomore year of college, um, is when I started to, you know, figure out who I am and, 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 and really, understand what my goals were and the reason why it was sophomore year of college is because prior to that I feel like I I was kind of just like floating around right like um trying to be funny in classes and not really taking school too seriously and you know just getting into different things um that kids do right like being a bad kid um but it wasn't until sophomore year of college and even with the whole college process I kind of just did it because my sisters were in school um, and it just felt like something right to do at the time because the alternative, which is not go to school, felt like a very foreign idea to me um, at the time. And so thankfully I got the call from uh, Christy Perez. Um, you're very <laughs> familiar 
who Christy Perez is, but for those listening, um, Christy Perez um, is the former director of Urban Male Leadership Academy, and that's essentially a program. Um, it's an opportunity program that helps to increase uh, the retention rates of black and brown men in college, right? Um, financially, um, educationally, all things, you name it, brotherhood, right? Because I started with a cohort um, in 2013 and um, got the call from Christy. And even that first year, it was like, I was one foot in, one foot out, right? Like I knew I always wanted to elevate and do better for myself, but I just wasn't sure how that was going to be defined. Um, sophomore year of college though, uh, I think through just like surrounding myself uh, with uh, like-minded individuals, um, you know, we came across what is called corporate America. Um, and, 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 you know, we had a year to kind of polish ourselves and get ourselves ready um, to, to, to get into that grind. Um, because the reason why I say a year is because a lot of, or I should say the traditional route into corporate America is that you secure a junior internship so that at the end of the summer, you can go um, full time. And so that became our objective. Um, and by our, I mean the folks that I had surrounded myself with at the time at Brook. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we joined some programs in addition to um, uh, UMLA. We, we were also in management leadership for tomorrow, which is not a Baruch specific um, program, but it is a professional development for sophomores across um, the states. And through that and just different, um, you know, different opportunities often on campus was able to, um, you know, get polished, secure uh, an internship in tech at Google, which proved to be a really fruitful opportunity. And at the end of the summer, they asked me to, to come back. Um, and so I graduated in 2017 and in January of 2018 started working for, for Google. So I've been there for about two and two years and uh, seven months, just about two years and eight months. January of 2021 will be um, the three year anniversary. Um, so to answer your question, uh, you know, more specifically, I think that's when I kind of, you know, figured out what I wanted to do and um, what my grind, what my hustle was going to be um, sophomore year of college. Uh, funny enough, I think I'm redefining that origin as, as you put it right now though, because, you know, I've been in this space for about, like I said, almost three years, and the role is super technical, um, which you know me, that's completely opposite of who I am, right? I'm, I'm very extroverted, very personable. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to transition into a more people-oriented space, specifically um, doing work similar to you and Malay, funny enough, right? So it, it's, 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 I think it'll be nice to see things come back full circle, right? Where I'm directly helping people of color or not of color. We don't discriminate. Um, just like, you know, figure out what their origin is or figure out what their grind is. And if they know their grind, how do they like polish themselves so that they can um, continue to elevate and get into the spaces that, that, that make sense for them.
So that's what I'm working on um, right now, preferably still in the tech space, um, because I think that's where the world is continuing to move. So, and I enjoy being in tech. It's just that I I'm not necessarily in love with the role, um, but definitely still kind of in that tech space. Uh, so that was a long winded way of answering your question about, you know, where where's my origin and where did things kind of um, start for me? I would definitely say sophomore year of college. And by the way, that's that's a professional, that's the professional side. I'm happy to also answer the origin of like my more personal side and, um, you know, personal interest. You can that. Kick into that if you want to, and then how would you for the professional side? How would you represent it? You write a book, write write a screenplay. Um, I like the idea of a play. A play could be cool, um, because it's more interactive, and you know people have short short attention spans nowadays, myself included. Um, so I feel, so a book, um, or a movie might not be as interesting, uh, but maybe a play, you know, because it's live, people are kind of, you know, you're engaging with the audience, um, outside. Yeah. I think I, I like the idea of a play. Also a podcast could be cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, right. podcasts can be cool too. Uh, but I mean, that's definitely something to keep in mind, right? Like how do we, how do we tell our stories? Um, because everybody has a story to tell and all stories are definitely like worth listening to for sure. Yeah. You said a lot of stuff in your origin as well. Like sophomore year, that's when you wanted to like make that corporate change and everything. And more like, you just want to become more serious. Yeah, that's when I wanted to become more serious about school. You know, I was uh, like, I wasn't just there to be there. And I understood like why I was there because all of freshman year, I was waking up commuting from Brooklyn to Baruch. And it, I honestly just was an autopilot, to be honest. Like I knew that I had to go to class. I knew that I had to do assignments otherwise I would get a failing grade, but there was no like North Star. There was no, there was nothing guiding me. Um, sophomore year, though, like I said, is when I started to very clearly define, you know, where it is I'm, what it is I'm pursuing, where I'm trying to go, um, and then from there I was able to kind of like create this plan um, using my own blueprint, but then blueprint uh, of those who you know, we're in situations similar to to me. Because uh, there's a lot of people who are trying to secure junior internships as well, especially as I, um, when I stepped into the MLT community, because that's like 300 plus people across universities in, in, in the United States. And so you're surrounded by a lot of black and brown talent. And so you can be like, okay, cool. Like, this is what you're doing. This is what I should be doing. Um, they they share a lot of resources and things like that, so that was, that was really helpful for sure. Yeah, everybody in C talk about MLT and AMI and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think those programs are 
necessary for sure. Especially, um, you know, when you, because a lot of people in Seek, uh, I can't say group, but a lot of people in Seek, you, know, you come from humble beginnings and you're not necessarily exposed to these different career opportunities. And even if you don't want to go into corporate America, there's still a lot of value that programs like MLT offer, right? Which is just sharpening yourself, your story, who you are, like those skills you can take to any industry you want to work in. And in fact, if you can, if you can come at it from the corporate lens, I, I feel like that's even more helpful because there's politics in wherever you go. If you, if you want to do a podcast, if you want to be a photographer, if you want to, you know, there, there's, you need those communication skills. You need to know how to navigate difficult conversations and, um, which is a lot of what corporate teaches you. Um, so, yeah, ANY, MLT, definitely whoever's in college, um, I think is a good idea to, to to look into these things. And sometimes it could feel overwhelming. Just know that too, right? Sometimes it could feel overwhelming when you're not as clear on what you want to do and everyone's kind of um, – sure of what they want but two things is just not to compare yourself to other people and 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 the other thing is just giving yourself credit for at least like applying and being in those spaces in those environments because you will um you will without a doubt just soak up information by by just being there a lot of times we go into spaces and this is what i've experienced um and you have this like really high expectation of what you need to uh, get out of oh what you need to be doing in those spaces right well I need to do this I need to do that I need to do but it's like how about we just you know erase all those expectations and say I just need to be there I just need to wake up and like actually go to class I need to wake up and actually just be in that environment and then once you once like that is once you um, write that as the expectation and everything else is a plus there's less pressure about you know what it is that your objectives are now it's good to you know have a plan and have goals but sometimes when you do too much of that especially if that thing itself like mlt or you know seo ay especially if those environments themselves um are a little overwhelming to you then you're just pretty much setting yourself up for failure you know um but we can have a whole conversation about that. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to harp too much on that. Yeah, and then I guess the same with college really long. I have a funny story about Christy. There was one time I was working for um, a woman sent the woman office right next door to see. Yeah. And then I was using a copy machine with somebody else, and then Christy was like, "Why are you using a copy machine?" I got so scared. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no!" I just said, "Well, because I was working for them, so they told me to use a copy machine." Yeah, thought I was yeah. working for Seek and using their copy machine. Okay. Like a whole minute, I was like, hmm? I didn't even speak. I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Christy, Christy definitely, um, she definitely, like, you know, she'll go down as a, as a household name for sure, um, given the work that she was doing in, in uh, the D&I space. And what was your major? Did you change your major in college? Uh, no. So that's another, <laughs> now that we talk about majors, um, I hope it's okay to kind of talk through my decision-making for that. Yeah. Um, 
remember coming into Baruch and everyone was on the finance grind, right? Uh, you know, I had people tell me that it didn't make sense to come to Baruch and not major in finance. Um, and remember, I said first year, I didn't even know like why I was really in school. Like I, I was there because my sisters, uh, both of my sisters graduated from college. So it just, it just felt. And I, you know, I use this term loosely, but it, it just felt idiotic to me to not be in college. Not to say that people who decide to not go to school, you know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> saying for me. Whatever works, whatever works for you is the best option. Right, right. That was the best. That seemed like the best option for me at the time. Um, but reason why I say that is because as somebody who's unsure of their major, or excuse me, as somebody who's unsure of you know whether or not they should even be there, declaring a major just feels like added responsibility. Going back to what I was saying about you know being in the, the, the MLT spaces and things like that, right? Like that's already overwhelming. So then now that you're there, you're like, oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. I need to be doing. So that's kind of how I felt like when it came to deciding my major. And then you add the layer of people saying that you need to do finance. And I was like, wait, what? Like, that's not what I want to do. Right. Um, and so it's one of those it's one of those moments where you kind of have to listen to your gut. Um, and just do what you feel like is the, the right thing to do. That's such a cliche, um, but I think it, it is true. And it ends up, it ends up working well every time. And, and I'm not suggesting that you completely dismiss suggestions that people are offering or, you know, you, you, I'm not suggesting that you stay closed off to perspectives that people share. But at the end of the day, a perspective is just based on that person's like viewpoint, right? And it is, and like the, the right answer is whatever feels correct to you. Um, so, so have that conversation with someone, talk through, you know, why it is that they decided to make that decision, but then ultimately pick what is best for you. And that applies to majors, that applies to any big decision that you have to make, right? Like, I remember um, when I had to sell my car, right? Like, that was a big decision that I had to make because I'm somebody that loves driving. And so I'm thinking through, like, everybody's giving me all of these perspectives. Like, yes, sell it. No, don't sell it. Like, keep it. You already invested. You did. The, you did. And at some point, all of that becomes noise. Right, but it's it's good noise to have. Ultimately, you have to sit down with yourself and say, "Okay, cool. I heard all the noise. Let me listen to my own noise and then pick what ultimately what is best um, for me." And so, the harm in not doing that is, if you only have your perspective, then the decisions that you can make will eventually be limited. Um, as you know, as things start to get a little bit more complex in, in, in life. So, you, so it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely important to gather information from others, but at the end of the day, you have to make decisions for yourself. Back to the major though. Um, yeah, I did corporate communications in English and that's kind of what I wanted to do. Like since I came in, 
Um, corporate communications, just because I, I felt like that was something that I would um, be good at naturally. And then English was a way to force myself to, I thought it paired really well with corporate communication. That's first of all. But then second of all, um, I figured it would be a, a, a good way to um, push me to, to read literature more and like, and like think critically excuse me, and have conversation and have debates, right? Because that, that was something that I was looking to do. Um, you know, once I became more clear on like what, what I wanted out of the Baruch experience, um, just elevating my mind. And, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't feel confident in myself at the time that I would be picking up books and just reading them because prior to that, to be honest, I had, I had never read a book. I don't think like I, I, whenever I got assignments in, in high school, I was just like, my default was to go to spark notes and try to figure out like how to cut corners. Like that's who I was, right? Just cutting corners and trying to have fun, cutting corners, being spontaneous, trying to have fun. And it was weird because I always wanted to like get better and, and elevate in life. But I was, I, for when it came to education, I was like looking back, I was definitely cutting corners and not cutting corners to the point where it was like, I'm a C or D student. I was still like competent, right? I was still kind of intelligent, um, but you know, school can get tough at times and it'll require discipline and um, you know, uh, late nights where you have to study and things like that. And if you're not used to doing that from a young age, and if you haven't built that, um, built that foundation, then it becomes difficult to do that like in high school. Right. Um, so yeah, corporate communications in English and that ended up working really well for me um, specifically because at Google, they don't look at majors too much. It's more just about what you bring to the table, your intellect, um, how well you do in interviews. I know that's not traditionally um, what happens. And, you know, there's generally more of a correlation between your major and where you end up employed. Um, but I think that's like, like with a lot of things, uh, I, I think that will change or it's continuing I should say it started to change over the last couple of years, um, specifically at Google. And I would imagine that like a lot of other companies will do that too um, as they get insights that like, hey, unless you're doing something very like technical. Medical. Yeah, like you don't, you might not actually need, in fact, maybe it's better to get somebody, you know, with a history background um, in in a tech space because they can just like see things from a different lens. Um, so there will still, of course, exist a very cut and dry, like you majored in finance. So now you're going to work in finance. Um, but you know, the world's changing. So when it comes to like choosing majors and stuff, I would definitely say, don't put too much stress on that. Right. Um, pick something that you know is going to, work for you uh try maybe try to look at like the the recommendations or the requirements for that major um and see if it's something that you know that you will be happy doing and then and i would say 
whatever your major doesn't offer, um, supplement that with internship experiences, um, experiences on campus, um, you know, whether that's like through different clubs, you know, holding leadership positions, things like that, right? Like you, you want to focus more on having that full package instead of just, you know, choosing the major that you think is going to get you the job that you need. Again, unless you're super crystal clear that this is the company that you want to work at and this is the exact position that you want to be in, I really don't think that the major is as important as like people think it is. Yeah. Well, like I said, in multiple episodes, team my major twice. Had three majors in four years. Three majors in four years? Yeah. Wow. And you, you managed to finish in four? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. Let's talk about how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> four years. Damn, I know people that like switched their majors so they would have two majors um, during the time at Baruch and it's almost like you got you get in another degree, like you got to start all over again, basically. It was just how I planned, like, unplanned and plan things. Because when I was going to high school, it was like, I don't know what I want to do in life. So uh, a lot of my college tricked my um, major. So it was like yeah. accounting. And then it was like engineering stuff. So I'm good like math and science. Okay. So then I got to the Google. I was like, okay, so let me try accounting. That was boring. And my mom kept telling me to not do it. Subconsciously, subtly, she was like, "Are you sure you want to be an accountant?" Because she went to college for accounting. I was like, if "She can do it. I can do it." Got so it. then, sophomore year, I made I declared um, CIS. Okay. So I was like, "I'm not. I'm already in Brooklyn. I'm not going to transfer to another school to do engineering. Let me just do CIS." Yeah. But since I didn't know how to code at the time, and it was very new, once I got into the major class junior year, I only so I only scheduled one major class and a bunch of other Zikin classes, like the regular business classes. So when I got into, when I got to the, um, the major class, I got a zero in the midterm. Oh my, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You may, I, listen, to everybody listening, it, it's okay to laugh now because he graduated. I'm not laughing that pain that you're currently in right now. <laughs> this has to make you, so you got a zero on the midterm. It's a five question programming thing. So we had to, so like programming stuff. So you had like each question. So you had to, you had to input and you had to get out that, um, right, type out that export, that export output. Yeah. And I got everything wrong. And I kind of already had like back in my mind to change my major anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was like, am I really enjoying this? And I was supposed to one of my professors. He was like, you have, you have more reaction when you talk about animation compared to CIS, like tech. Mm -hmm. So that was in mind. So I was like, and I was also having a problem with the homework. And then the practice test was harder than the homework. And then the test is harder than the practice test. Yeah. So in your mind, so in my mind, I went to um, Andrew. I was like, because here's my plan. If I do well in the test, I stay in CIS. If I do okay, I switch to the other CIS, so I'm going to do more programming. And if I do terrible, I just switch to marketing. And then I switch to marketing. I drop the class. All I do is take one summer class over just to, like, make it up. Yeah. And then the next semester, I did their all marketing just all marketing classes and then you were able to finish yeah because i had the i was taking the 3000 level marketing anyway mm. and then i was able to take the, the next marketing class that's dope man that's very impressive and kudos to you for kind of navigating that because anything that 
we have to do where there hasn't been too many people that has done it before us, it could be a difficult, it could be a difficult path to navigate because you're not really sure like what the right answer is, right? So, you know, coming to college, I mean, I guess there are people who change their majors quite a couple of times, but I think for you specifically, like to come in three different majors and still finish in four years because there are people who change their majors but that like extends how long they're in college so i'm i'm speaking specifically to the exactly what you did three majors in four years i feel like I've, i haven't heard too 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 many people that have done that so shout out to you definitely for um you know having a game plan and, and sticking with it and being able to finish in in, in uh in four years that's definitely <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. One thing, one thing you said that kind of um, stuck out to me was the professor saying, "Like, hey, you seem to, you seem to enjoy uh, animation more than you do like the more technical stuff." And that kind of, I think, goes back to what we were saying about um, majors, choosing majors, and you know, doing something that you actually happy with um when it comes to choosing majors i would definitely say you know what well, i should say what you just said is an example or is, is is a testament to what i was saying earlier right about doing something that you actually enjoy because the four years that you have in college is when there's pretty much like endless opportunities right you have access to like the different everything's just like easier accessible right and then whatever like let's say you do end up doing animation but then you know you have this goal of graduating and living xyz lifestyle if what you're doing doesn't like won't necessarily translate cuz you want to you want to be mindful of that too right like for example i did public relations and I was looking at, um, I did a public relations internship bef um, before going to Google, right? And I was looking at like the, the PR lifestyle, right? So salary, like just all things PR. And there was like a disconnect between what I wanted and like, um, and, and, and what the lifestyle uh, looked like it was gonna be, right? So I had to kind of like shift gears a little bit and figure out, all right, cool. Like, how do I still do something that I may enjoy, but, and it will provide me with the lifestyle that I want, you know? So, so when it comes to, definitely when it comes to like picking majors, do something that you're happy with doing. Um, and then when you do your research to see like if that lifestyle will match, if it doesn't, the two options are like changing majors or what I was saying a little bit earlier, supplementing it, right? With, with different opportunities that will make your package a lot stronger. So, you know, if you have that, in, um, that, um, that those marketing opportunities, though, like any opportunity on campus where you're able to build skills that will make you more marketable to employers that can offer the type of lifestyle that you that you ultimately want to live so i think that's a good like process to follow right coming in 
do, like choosing a major that makes you happy that you can kind of see yourself doing for the four years then taking a look at okay cool what happens after this major like when I graduate what am I going to be able to do because I feel like that's a hurdle that people have to overcome too you graduate you didn't take a look at the lifestyle that you wanted and the lifestyle that whatever you're majoring in provides and then now you're kind of like in this you know maze where you're trying to find your way to an employer that offers the lifestyle that you want so that would be kind of like the three-step process but that is dope though that you were able to um you know still graduate in that four in that four years and you know make and things were like still possible for you yeah i was just lucky that how i scheduled it i was like all right cool look at the classes i was like all right to take these and then i could take those and then boom so it was yeah. about one few times i had to plan something i was like, all right cool this can make sense mm-hmm. yeah that's cool man it's definitely cool when, when did you graduate again? 2019. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's just like at Baruch. <laughs> everything, everybody is like the same year. Until <laughs> I forgot like what year you actually were. So you came in at, in 2015 then? Yep. Okay, cool. That's dope. Talking the most trash freshman years and I got tired. You said what? Fucking the most trash freshman year, then after that, just getting tired from school and just like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, how, how is the? I feel like I've been doing a lot of the, um, a lot of the talking. So just to flip the script, like, how how is, or maybe like, what's what's your origin? Like, let's 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 discuss that part. Of it. I mean, you can you can give a shortened version of that or. I don't know if I'm flipping the script too much. No, you can ask me questions. It's a, it's a conversation. Yeah. So what's kind of your origin? For me, I would say, similar to you, like going to school, I was going to school autopilot. I was like, do well, because my mom was on my back, like, do well in school. She, mm-hmm. She's more like, at least you try. As long as you try and do well, then you're good. Except that one time, when I got 75 in calculus in high school, and she got mad. Yeah. But my teacher gave me the 75 to humble me. Because mm. I was like, he didn't want me to get two. So I was like one of the best students, even though I kept failing all the tests. But I was like spelling close to 65. It was like when you kind of spell high. Yeah. And then she was like, this is math. This is your thing. You're supposed to be good at it. If it's English, I understand. Mm-hmm. Because I, that's like my weakness. Mm-hmm. But like, and then college, I'm not more like, uh, it wasn't academically wasn't hard. It was more like outside stuff happened. Sure. When like junior year, my great grandmother died. Then senior year, my grandmother died, and then having those two, yeah, like back to back years. That's tough. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's tough. So it was more of like that's why I'm just like now. I was like, I took like the year. I think I just kind of took the year off, like kind of mm-hmm. quote unquote. Like I was still working, but like I was just like, all right, I need to take a breather. Because it's more like out of pilot, like go, 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 go to school, go to work. Yeah. Or volunteer. I've been doing like all these since I was like 14. Yeah, like just recharging a little yeah. bit, getting your mind right. Because that's, that's the important thing. Like if you don't protect the mental, then everything could come crashing down. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Say like senior year. Like junior, when I changed the major, I was like, cool. I had a plan and I was doing graphics here and there. Mm-hmm. 
And I went to a conference last week, and it was, it was people like, like art directors. Like that. I have like talent. I'm talented. I have like the skills. You need to break in. So it was a good confidence boost. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And will, will, how would you uh, broadcast it? Like book. For me, <laughs> definitely be. It has to be like a series. Oh, series! Damn, that was a good idea. I should have. <laughs> you no, know, one time somebody said video game for theirs. I say mine doesn't have to be like a series because a lot of stuff happens, like bullying, all that stuff, and you just have to like mentally get prepared, like mentally get stronger, and then I, over the time I had to learn how to make do what I have, like using my resources and just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Even with the podcast, I was doing it in person. I have a place to like do it. So I go to book, have my friends get a study room. And then we're doing the study room with the camera and then my phone with the camera. I mm-hmm. bought some mic, bought some stands and I had a recorder my mom bought me. Yeah. It was more of like just whatever events you have, just do it like that. Yeah. So like each episode will be like a challenge to the character will go through and then right. see how they figure it out. Yeah. Like just being scrappy. Yeah. Which is another important skill that people have to have. Yeah, that's that's great. And then, is I felt I, I bet it's super fulfilling after the fact to see like the progress, you know, um, or like see the results of the hard work. Like everything that you're doing, once you get to a place where it's like, oh man, the, you know, I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor now. Um, or, or at least things are starting to shift in the direction that you wanted to. Yeah, as people started like had like six hundred interviews at this current moment. I think I'm on pace to get like a thousand in total. So like six hundred interviews. No, uh, six hundred eighty views. Six hundred eighty downloads. Oh, okay. I thought you said interviews. No. Well, that's I was like, bro. <laughs> That's a lie right there. I ain't got that kind of taste. I ain't got that. I was like, man, give me um <laughs> whatever whatever juice you drink. <laughs> if you did six hundred and eighty interviews. Wow, that's good though. That's 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 I great. think I'm gonna pay say like a thousand this year, if all goes well. Yeah. That's a good goal to set too. You gotta start somewhere. Pretty cool. Um any anything else that you wanna pick my brain about? So I guess we could go into more of you, you said like a personal origin story. Like how yeah, personal, personal origin. Um, so I would say that started when I was in Michigan, actually. Uh, January, so when I, when I started working at Google in January of 2018, um, you know, the, the conditions of the role um, required me to go to, to Michigan um, and start out there. And that was a decision that I sat on for a while, mainly because I, had, I, I, had, I knew nothing about Michigan. I barely heard about Detroit because of just rappers and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Uh, so it was a very foreign territory to me. And then just going out there with no family or anything like that. So I was like hesitant to do it. Um, but, you know, I just accepted the challenge ultimately after months and months of just like getting perspectives from other people and 
listening to the noise, um, decided that I was going to go and, you know, eventually come back. I think that's the scary part, though, is that I wasn't sure, like, when I would actually come back. Um, and it wasn't until I went out there, I put myself in a very uncomfortable state, um, almost to a fault, because it was like, you know, I mean, we can go into the the, the specifics. Uh, we can have a whole conversation about, you know, how I would redo that experience. But at the time, I, I you know, I was unaware of a lot. Um, but I'll just say that, you know, I put myself in an uncomfortable position. And from that came a lot of growth. Um, to, you know, learn more about who I was, interests. And I'm like, those are still questions that I'm answering right now. But you know, if there's less, if we look at it as a percentage, right? So how well do you know yourself? Well, you know yourself 50% well, you have that 50% foundation either through doing things as a kid and, and figuring out, hey, this is what I genuinely, genuinely enjoy or just putting yourself out there and then, you know, understanding, you know, how you react to certain situations. So Prior to Michigan, I would say I, I knew my I knew my I thought I knew myself fairly well, and then I was in an environment where it was super foreign to me, and that's where I really started to learn about my interests. Um, that's where I discovered like audiobooks, podcasts, um, continued my interest in like fitness and nutrition, and um, you know, like I said, started getting into like more reading and uh, YouTube, things like that. And just like the self-development, the growth, um, which is which are things that like, I already knew that I, like, I wanted for myself. Clearly that's why I moved to Michigan to start the role at Google. Um, but, you know, development and growth, it, it can be defined differently at every phase of your life, right? Um, and even more different when you're in spaces that you have no idea uh, or you've never been there and they're completely new to you. Um, so through that, you know, I was I was out there for about a year and a half. And through that, like I said, just learned a lot. Um, I think the moral there is to just, you know, put yourself out there, try something different, similar to what you said about the podcast. Like sometimes you don't always know how something is going to work. Um, make sure you had, going back to what I said earlier about what I would do different, just make sure you have kind of like the established community community and layers of support. Um, so, so you can have something to fall back on, um, but, you know, still indeed, like put yourself out there, do something uncomfortable and it's going to require sacrifices, it's going to require discipline, it's going to require, um, or not require, but it, it'll, it'll, people will not understand why you're doing it. Um, and if you, if you talk to them and they're still not seeing eye to eye with you, then maybe that's, that's like an indication that, you know, the, the dynamic of your relationship with that person should change, uh, especially if you feel like it's best for you at the time. Um, but yeah, and then from, from those uncomfortable experiences comes like the growth. And, and I saw it and I'm continuing to see it when I, you know, as I, as, I, as I came back to New York and as I continue to kind of go down this path as an adult, right? Um, it's all the learnings. Uh, from being around the smartest people um, and just, you know, like I said, being in a completely different world than, than I was used to um, as an adult. So personally, I think it started like with 
it, it started with my fitness journey while I was at Baruch, like sophomore year, I went through like a pretty big fitness journey, I would say. Um, cut about like 75 pounds or so. Um, so it started there on the personal side for me, but it really, you know, the, the meat and potatoes of it was when I moved to, to Michigan for sure. Um, Cause like I said, it was a huge learning curve, both in the role, but then just being out there on my own. You'll never get all that, like. So, like, how did you like? Did you meet people? To, like, did you connect with in Michigan, or did you like connect with people back in New York? Just trying to figure out, like, how to navigate. That? Uh, initially, it was an interesting experience because, I you know I met people at work, right? But at Baruch, um, and just my idea of corporate America in general. I had this false belief that, you know, your work friends are only your work friends and they don't, you don't mix like work with personal. So I went over there operating in that way. And that, what that did over time was it, it, it built a lot of just, I wouldn't say superficial, but just work relationships which was cool because, you know, there, yeah, sure, there were people that I could, like, sit down and have lunch with. But once I left work, because I set the tone as, like, a work relationship, um, that meant that, like, after work, it wasn't in our, in our you know, uh, what's the right word? Like, we, we didn't really... It wasn't part of the relationship for us to be like constantly hanging out. And so, and I think like in the climate that I was in, so it's important to like understand your environment. Um, Google promotes like the mix of work and personal, but I was still, I was in denial at the time because I'm like, wait, they just told me over four years, like corporate, corporate, corporate suit and tie, like this is, and I think in some cities like New York, that might that might be effective because generally speaking, well, not generally speaking, but like, let's say you went to school in New York, like we did, you're, you probably already have like a community and you don't necessarily like need to hang out with all these people from work. But where I, in my situation, I didn't have a community. I didn't know anybody out there. So the only people that I could interact with were people from work. And so that, because, like I said, because of my approach to it, it led to having no community, or at least like no in-person community. And my community became just like the group chat. Um, you know, I had started this group chat with me and a couple of other friends from college, from, um, from Baruch. And we had all graduated and we were working, um, you know, at different companies, all in corporate America for the most part. And then, um, you know, from there we kind of just like supported each other, uh, you know, through the, the through the the highs and lows of corporate America. And if it wasn't for them, I probably would have moved back sooner because I, I I already knew I wanted to move back. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't for that community, I definitely would have moved back sooner. To answer your question, though, no, I didn't. I don't think I met like too too many people out there, and that 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 had to do with 
why like I wanted to move back so soon because I felt like it was starting to wreck my personal life. Um, and I, I began asking myself like, you know, why am I still out here? And at the, I was just, I think just, just homesick at that point. So I wanted to come back and um, get reacquainted with the city and people out here and, um, you know, back with what I was familiar with um, in, in New York City. And I've been back for a little over a year. So I came back in May 2019. Um, so a year and a couple months. And I would say the first year was still a transition because again, expectations. Um, it like, you see, you see the meme expectations versus reality. Yeah. Uh, my expectation was it was gonna be like another version of Baruch, but um, although it was better than what I had experienced in, in Michigan, um, everybody was kind of doing their own thing. You know, p- people are adults now, people work. So, you know, hanging out in between classes and all the social aspects of Baruch, not necessarily the same thing as an adult and you you can be social um you know and i was social because i knew people in the city and stuff but it just it, it just looks different like when you graduate college you know you'll have you go to like bars whatever the case may be um some kickbacks uh but it's not like just randomly like you know wasting a lot of time and just hanging out and just like chilling you know all the time but I feel like that's part of the college experience. Whereas as an adult, uh, it looks a little bit different. Yeah, we going to try to adjust this new adult phase of our lives. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So to anybody who's listening to this in college right now, like definitely take advantage. Well, I know it's a weird time. You can't really be on campus. and But if if there are opportunities like virtual or not, Definitely jump on that because, you know, it, it becomes a little bit tougher to navigate or like less accessible to navigate when you once you graduate, especially if you're still kind of like in that exploring phase where you want to try all these different things. If you know what you want, then, yeah, you know, let's say, you know, you want to box for sure. That's all you want to do. Then, yeah, once you graduate, you you become more financially stable and then you can just sign up for a boxing class. But if you're kind of exploring, you want to, like for me, I wanted to like do a fashion show, do all these different things and do photography, do do modeling, right? Those are all things that I think would have been a little bit easier to do in college when you don't have a job, right? Because, or I mean, even if you do have a job, it's like, it's a little bit different than like a full-time offer. That's That was my experience. It could be different for other people. But yeah, that was that was kind of like the personal side, and then since I know you said series, but but I'm gonna steal your answer anyway, and I'll say <laughs> I would rep- I definitely would represent that in a series though. I feel like a series is is best suited for this, um, just because it's been so many different parts, um, from the, the the fitness to, or I should say, like from early stages of not really doing well in school to you know, going to school and not reading at the level that I should be reading at, uh, to the fitness, to the the polishing so that I can secure the internship, to getting the internship, to moving out there for the summer. And that was another, that's another story with another self. 
then going out there full time and then getting adjusted to New York. Like it's a lot of different um, phases and I can't, you can't give all that out in one episode. So I think for that, like a series would be, would be most effective for sure. Absolutely. Conversation though, bro. This is, this is dope to be able to just like chop it up. Um, kind of get into the more, the more in depth, you know, of our experiences um professionally and and personally yeah it's always fun because everybody said they have fun i guess like a lot of times we don't get to talk or if we do talk it's usually in the moment yeah yeah it's usually in the moment and you never you know you're not you never like sit down oh i should say you have to be more intentional about sitting down and just being like yo like you know what is your experience and a lot of times and to be honest in college we wouldn't have even been able to have this type of conversation because we were still writing the story. Like I couldn't have told you that I was about to move out here and you know what I'm saying, and come back to the city and go through all these different things. So the timing just just feels right and feels like a very productive convo. So again, appreciate the opportunity, bro, to just come on and chop it up and um, you know talk through what we've been up to for the last couple of years. By the way, you got you got to go soon. Say that again. No, how much time you got left? You got to go soon. Or are you the same thing? Uh, no, I mean, I'm good for, like, the next couple minutes. Okay. It's yeah. just funny how we have, like, two different college experiences. Where you had, you had, like, the more traditional college experience. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how we're going to end. And it's going to end another way. Yeah. And me, I'm just like, okay, so what's next? And then just, just whoever is done at me just adapting to it. Oh, that you would say that's what your experience was? Yeah. Okay. So... It's not, correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds like less of like the long term plan and it's more of like short term. Yeah, I do a lot of short term. Okay, got you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's unique to you. I feel like that's a lot of people, um, you know, they just, they kind of just like go with the flow. Um, I, I operate under a new philosophy of balance. Sounds simple, but it helps me with a lot of decision making um, that I'm faced with nowadays. And I think, you know, balance is like the key to everything. So in college, like if I could do it over, it would have been a little bit of the planning long term and and um, and a little bit of the spontaneity. Although I feel like I did have some spontaneity. Um, but I, I feel like that's probably the the thing is when you have the planning, then life after college I, might be like an easier transition. I'm just assuming. But if you focus too much on the planning and the GPA and all that kind of stuff, then like while you're there, the four years is not, maybe it's not as fulfilling. And, and when you graduate, you lose a, a lot of access to some of the things that I was speaking about, right? Like the clubs on campus and all that, especially at Baruch where there's so many different languages spoken on campus and just so many different clubs, so many opportunities. You could create your own club, radio show. I was part of a radio show, which was really cool. Um, So that was like before, (laughs) before Let's Gather. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's like a hip hop radio show, which was pretty dope. Um, 
Yeah, I did a lot. I did tech internship at John Jay. I was a Femco, Female Technology Club, last of Latin American Organization, NABA, National Association of Black Accountants, okay. School of Acidome. Then I did a uh, internship at CAN for three months. Okay. Then a lot of like working with youth. Like, yeah. My training is all over the place. Yeah, that's dope, though. Yo, every, every my philosophy or my other philosophy, <laughs> I operate under a lot of philosophy. But philosophy, excuse me. My other philosophy is all knowledge is good knowledge. All connections are good connections because you never know how it's going to like show up. So, you know, you're doing this work with Lasso, which to some people might be like, wait, why are you doing that? And maybe just um, maybe at the time, like you're thinking, how is how will this be helpful? But it, it might. You never know. You know what I'm saying? Like it'll it'll show up when it's supposed to show up. Yeah, like experiences, like it's funny. It makes his own self, and you just like, this makes no sense. And then you look back, like, oh, yeah, that right. Makes sense. I'm still waiting for those aha moments for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they come, and let's keep our fingers crossed. I hope they but, come. So with the podcast, it's gonna be like a ten. It's like a ten year plan. For the podcast is like ten year investment. Yeah, for like constant work. Exactly. I'm just like. It kind of happened a little faster. I'm just like, I need money to pay bills now. Everybody was like, people were like, this person got rich at like 43 or like 75. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm cool. I can wait for that. Yeah. I just need money now so I can pay. So I can live longer enough to get there. Right. Yeah, you need that. You need that safety net, man, which is why corporate is good because although there's a lot of politics and a lot of BS, it does offer that that safety net. But... You know, you just got to find that balance of going back to balance of your mental state and the safety net, assuming that's not what you want to do. But I, I just find that a lot of people our age may be in roles that, like, don't necessarily excite them the most. Um, but similarly, there are people, or I should say, conversely, there are people who are in roles in corporate that they enjoy. So shout out to them for sure. Yeah, bro. Any 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 final words before we um before I, I have to I have to head up um in a little bit. Any final words? No, just thanks for being a guest. And the last question: What would you name your origin story? The personal one or the professional? <laughs> give me one for each. Give me one for both. Um, for the personal one. I remember my manager asked, I don't know why this came up, uh, why I just thought of this, but I remember my manager, my first manager ever asked me like, hey, what's a word to describe yourself? Which seems like trivial, um, but I think it it really helps you understand like the individual that you're about to manage or collaborate with, right? Um, and my response, to, it took me a while to, to think about it, but my response to that was just resilience, right? And the explanation is like, I, I, I can almost guarantee you I'm not going to get it right on the first time. But to me, resilience is really important because it's not about like getting it right on the first time. It's just about like, you know, how you follow through um, after getting it wrong. You know, in fact, there are a lot of benefits to getting it wrong the first time. 
Um, you spoke a little bit about that, about, you know, when you started the podcast, you were in study rooms, right? And it took the resilience to get to where you're at right now. But if you had just kind of folded, then you wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Uh, so I, for the personal story, I would say resilience. And um, for the for the professional story, um, trying to think about a word that kind of captures this idea of putting yourself out there and not being afraid to just like learn and grow. For the time being, yeah, let me, yeah, I'm normally good at these word things too. <laughs> but you said one word though, that's kind of what's throwing me off. Uh, oh, courage, right? Because, you know, just having the courage to, to put yourself out there and try different things, meet new people, uh, build new, build, build relationships, um, you know, talking presentations, you know, talking meetings, have conversations like this. So courage and resilience, two powerful words when you put them together, simple, but powerful. And if you can adhere to that, and there are a lot of words to adhere to, but that's a great start, courage and resilience for sure. But thanks again, bro, for allowing me to to speak and um, just offering the opportunity to, like I said, chop it up and talk a little bit more in depth. I wish you the best of luck moving forward with everything that you have going on, all the plans, um, both short-term and long-term. And, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, you will get rich before 43. <laughs> just remember us. Just remember us when things take off, you know. <laughs> um, hopefully, everybody that's been a part of this uh, a part of this podcast can get like you know like point zero one percent, whatever it is that you end up obtaining. But no, uh, jokes aside, definitely appreciate being the last person uh, or la uh, final episode of season three. End of the year. End of the year. Oh wow! Damn. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we need a, we need like some cake or <laughs> cheers. I'm drinking a Snapple right now. Got some agua. Oh, okay, cool. Staying hydrated. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks again for the opportunity and um, let me let, yeah let me know when you when you air this out so I can um, you know share it with a couple people and get 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 the word out there. No problem. Thank you for being a guest and wanted to be a guest in the first place. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> I told you I'm extroverted, so I like to just talk. <laughs> you have two extroverts on the podcast? Yeah. Conversation. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, thanks again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head upstairs now and um, try to chef something up for the night. Um, it's getting late on 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 this side, but um, yeah. Have a good rest of your night, and let me know how everything goes. All right, you too. See ya. All right, cool. That brings another episode of the Let's Cat Podcast so close. I want to thank Drew for being guest on the podcast. This is the last episode for season three in the year. You can listen to my next plans in the closing episode, which is premiering today.
the Let's Go podcast will come back in January 27th, 2021. I hope you continue to have a nice day and I hope to see you there.